the Navy is just a, you know, a huge, ginormous entity. And for the most part, we do an exceptional job of, 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 of being great in many things. But when we take a step back, many of the decisions have been made uh, in a, sometimes in an uncoordinated fashion because we've allowed ourselves to be driven by, for, for, for instance, programming decisions or budgeting decisions. And in, in my view, we lacked a Navy corporate forum at the four-star level to be able to really dive into and dissect some of these you know, more tactical level issues which have huge consequences in our, our overall health of our programs. And so through that Navy corporate forum uh, that, the, the, that our VCNO and four stars have created, we are now able to elevate on a very frequent basis. I mean, we go through NSS, uh, Naval Sustainment System, battle rhythm events on a monthly basis with the four stars and three stars, which is quite phenomenal considering how valuable their time is. And, and that includes the P2P efforts. P2Ps are about on an every six-week basis. So we have our whole of Navy, all levels of leadership, you know, those in uniform and those within the secretariat, engaged in a more coordinated, deliberate fashion you know, to dissect these issues, to remove barriers, and, and to make well-informed, based on the data, decisions to the benefit of Navy, if that makes sense. It does. And I, I think one of the real innovations here and one of the tools that you're using to make those corporate decisions is the cash basis that you're applying to this and assigning a cash value to the readiness that you're getting for each one of those supply decisions. I have never heard of anyone in DOD anywhere being able to try and assign a monetary value to readiness outputs. Talk a bit about how you do that. I, I would love to. I, you know, first off, I can recall back, you know, 30 years ago when I was in uh, the, at the University of San Diego, I was a business major, and and I recall taking a supply chain or two class, and I recall back in those days, the professors would opine that if you want to grow up to become a CEO of a company, don't get into supply chain, get into one of the other disciplines. And, and, and I, I just recall vividly hearing that, at least in that business school, supply chain hadn't yet elevated, you know, into the C-suite. Well, 30 years later, there is no doubt that supply chain management is in our corporate C-suites because corporations recognize the value of their supply chains. Uh, are, are, they, there's so much value and benefit to the company's competitive advantage by having uh, a well-oiled um, and coordinated and synchronized supply chain. And so I recall that. So now here, as I took over NAVSUP, we started to look at commercial best practices, go out and look at several, several uh, top-in-class companies as an example. We looked at many. One of them that was particularly interesting to us was Caterpillar. And Caterpillar had a very interesting uh, figure of merit that they used to evaluate their supply chains. And, and what we did was we modified that uh, figure of merit that Caterpillar used, and we essentially militarized, if you will, and we applied it, the principles of it, to our F-18s or to our ships. And, and really what it did was 
it, it allowed us to monetize the value of readiness as an example. Um, well, f first of all, I should say to monetize the value of readiness and to, and to compare it to the amount of cash that we put into the system to achieve that readiness. And so if you can imagine uh, taking a fleet of F-18s, you know, over 600 of them, putting a monetary value on there, annualizing that based on their uh, useful life, annualizing that, and then looking on the other side of the equation to go, how much did it cost us in terms of cash outlays to be able to generate that readiness? So we, we incorporated what we call a cost of goods sold into our formula. A cost of goods sold was, was uh, we bifurcated between commercial uh, work that's done for us, which we merely stroke a check to a commercial vendor to be able to repair or to do new procurements for the uh, parts that we need. And then we looked at the organic cost of goods sold for our FRCs, our fleet readiness centers, and how many people do they need? What are the test benches? What are all the costs that go into organic repair? And then what it allows us to do is make very deliberate decisions to understand that if we put another dollar into the, uh, the, the, the force generation, readiness generation side of the equation, what are we going to see on the, the value of the readiness side? Are we going to get more capable aircraft, mission-capable aircraft? So in the past, that was very difficult for us to analyze. Everybody would often say, what's the return on investment? But we really didn't have a formula to help us do that. So that's exactly what our supply effectiveness figure of merit is. So as we look at this over the course of time, we'll be able to see how is that figure of merit moving. I know you've only finished one wave here. You've only been up and running since October. But, but any dollar figures you can point to at this point in terms of cost avoidance or cost savings in these early early stages? Yeah, that, that, that's great. In fact, this, this morning at my, my morning update brief, we tracked this, by the way, continuously um, uh, across the Naval Supply Systems Command. And in our optimized working capital portfolio, where we have what we call a cash war room, we've already today, these are the uh, numbers as of this morning, we've realized about over $400 million in uh, cost either savings or avoidance by being able to just go in and really scrub hard our requirements that are out there. So all these, all these things that I, I, I mentioned to you, for instance, the F-18 PAM example, reduce, uh, results in a lower demand signal. So that means we can go back into the supply system, into our computers, and we may have had you know, many PAMs that are on order uh, or planned to have on order. Well, we can now reduce those orders and really just focus in on the repair of our existing stocks. Um, and and that, that gives us, that yields us uh, either a realizable cost savings or avoidance. And like I said, over $400 million uh, that we've uh, that we've yielded so far. We had a stretch goal <laughs> to be able to, to try to find $500 million over two years. We're at over 400, 419 million in just since we started. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.